You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to dig in and talk about your work as a technical recruiter. So let's jump in. All right. Um, what do you look for when you are interviewing someone in a technical interview? Um, well, I like um, career progression, right? So that they started out in a certain role and moved throughout their career. Um, we like to look for job stability quite a bit in IT. It's not super common. So people jump ship a lot and switch and consulting is very common, which is fine. Um, but sticking maybe with the same consulting company or being with a company enough to grow in a position with that company instead of, you know, every year making a change. Sometimes it's less than a year in IT, to be honest. So if we're looking for a permanent employee, those are those are really important to us. Um, clear, concise resumes, like not 14 pages. A resume should never be 14 pages. Um, I'd say for like a project manager that has 15 years experience, we like to keep it to four pages if possible. So people with tons of experience still can condense and kind of make it a little more concise and easier for um, managers to read. So you're, so you are, it would be common to see a four page resume if the experience was there. Yes, absolutely. Like, and um, yeah, if someone has 15 to 20 years experience, then I'd expect them to have a four page resume. If they have five years experience, they should not have more than two pages. Two would be plenty. Okay. And how many one page resumes do you see? Um, quite a few, and those are great. I would just say if you have 15 years, you probably need more than one page, but, you know, depending on your years of experience, one page is great. Easy to read, very concise. Okay, got it. But it's not, is there a correlation to more pages, more? More fluff, it seems. <laughs> you know, more the more fluff. they write, the less they're actually talking about what they did and more what the project they were on did, but not specifically what their role on the project was. So okay. we like to see, you know, bullet points that say what you did personally, not necessarily what the team did, because then we don't get a sense of your role. Um, so definitely having um, a more focused resume um, is definitely helpful. Do you think that's hard in tech to for people to separate out their work because it's such an integrated, like at the end of the day, if you're building a software, there's a final product. Do you think that's hard for people to like separate out the role that they played? No, because I think it is within the development team, everyone has their role, right? And while you know, the project manager might be managing this entire project or there might be someone who concentrates on the front end and the look and feel and that kind of thing. So I think as long as they write about, you know, what they were doing and you can say, you know, aided in Java development, but, you know, might not have been like the lead developer or whatever. Got it's still great to put on any skills you got in that project, but that you did, you know. Personally. Got it. 
Got it. Thanks. That's great. Um, maybe we can, I think I, I wanted to jump into that first question because I know that's what everyone's always interested to hear. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your own personal career journey like that led you to the work that you're in or, or how long you've been doing that? And then um, maybe a little bit about how motherhood plays a role in your work. Absolutely. So I have a little bit of a different background. So I have a technical degree and I came out of college as a developer. So I went straight into the IT workforce and it was right before year 2000. And so I did a lot of like big mainframe work. It was pretty awful for a bit. Y2K work? Was it Y2K work? It was. Yeah. All all fixes for Y2K. (laughs) And I, you know, in college, taken all these crazy fun classes. And then my first assignment was, you know, a huge bank and a huge mainframe. And um, it just really wasn't me. It wasn't exciting. Um, my now husband, it was not my husband at the time, said I didn't use enough words during the day. I think I came home. It was just talking all the time. But when I actually was recruited at, I went to Notre Dame, they had people come in and interview us, you know, in the job placement center or whatever. And I loved the process of like meeting the recruiters and talking about the companies. And and um, so the consulting firm that I joined, I really liked the recruiters who had recruited me. So I had reached out to them when I was on site as a consultant billing for them and said, you know, I'd really like to be involved in the recruiting process. And so I started doing like um, college interviews, you know, going with them to colleges or doing when they bring a bunch of people into the office, like sitting in on the interviews and doing like a little bit of a technical screen or something like that on recent college grads. And so that's kind of how I got started. And um, I stayed in the technical field for only a little bit over a year and then switched into technical recruiting. Wow. Um, okay. I think I like to understand the technology. I like to know somewhat of the big picture of projects that are being done. I really like that part, but I don't think it was me to sit behind the desk and just code all day. I think I could have liked like business analysis or project management or something a little bit more interpersonal that I didn't have. But recruiting has actually been great for me. I love meeting new people every day and talking to new people and getting a sense of new technologies out there and what they're looking for. And, um, and for me as a mom, it's um, there's been several times in my life that I've thought about switching and um, doing something different. But for my family, I've had such crazy flexibility to be at home with my kids and um, things like that, that I just, you know, I think as moms, sometimes, you know, you have to have your priorities in line and figure out what's most interesting to you. And while I think that nice part about being a recruiter is it's ever changing it's like anything in technology right it's always changing there's always new things i'm looking for new technologies that we need for client projects and things like that so um so it's not stagnant you know right but i would say right. i've been doing the same thing for a long time it's been, been about 20 years that's great wow and do you think your technical background helps you in that work because you are um you know talking about technologies every day I think it does, but I don't think you have to have that. Like, I think a lot of people I work with do not. Um, But I think it does help me understand the big picture a little bit. And I'm certainly not technical anymore. But if someone explains what they're looking for in terms of architecture or something, I can kind of understand how it works. Um, But certainly, you know, I am not considered technical anymore by any stretch. So 
Um, but I do think it helps too. I think if you do have moms that have a technical background and they want to get involved, they have a leg up from other mm -hmm. people that are there that don't understand technology and the slides that might have come from something totally different and are just trying it out. Right, right. Um, but you are talking about technologies every day with different people, so you're learning that way too from Absolutely. Yeah. that standpoint. Okay, <clears throat> I'm going to get really, thank you for sharing that with us, by the way. And um, I'm going to get really like down and dirty here because I know that people, they want to know, we want to take them like behind the scenes because if they're looking to uh, get into a new role or return to the workforce from staying at home, interviewing is really scary. I mean, it's intimidating. I'm, I'm a pretty confident, bold person. And I know even when I'm interviewing, it's, it's really, um, everyone gets nervous. So I feel like everyone is, you know, getting nervous to talk to you. And so, you know, give us a little, a little hint. What are your two favorite secret weapon questions to, to ask someone that you're, um... so first of all, I would say you should not get nervous that, um, you know, it's as much of an interview for you to see if you're a fit in the company as it is for them to see if you're a fit. And I think that if you look at interviews like, huh, this is exciting. Maybe I can picture myself in a whole new environment, you know, working in this office that um, your interview will go better. You know, just right. you, knowing that you might not want this job. You might walk in there and be like, that's a nightmare. I don't want to work there. Right. <laughs> right. Definitely right. a give and take. Not that you want to put that, you know, have that show in your interview, but I yes. do, um, it's definitely a two-way street, and um, they're hoping that you're fitting their criteria because they need someone in this position. So they're as much trying to sell you on the role as you're trying to sell them. And I don't know if I have some go-to questions, you know? I think because okay. mine is so technical that it really depends on you know, what they're doing. I mean, I would say for me, one of the most important things that I ask people is what their timeline is, what, you know, what is bringing them to look for this new position, what, where they are in their interview process, how many companies they've interviewed with and things like that. So I can get a sense of, first of all, are they serious? Like, are they really looking to make a change? Or are they kind of just seeing what's out there? Right. Um, and also, do they already have two offers? on the table and you know our timeline isn't going to work out so you know you kind of want to assess if if you have enough time to move forward with someone mm -hmm. um, that's important you know um, I think that you know really understanding how to express your background to someone in an interview and you know anything even in college interviews I remember saying like anything you can put on your resume that's just kind of an easy intro. Like I had studied abroad in Australia and all of a sudden that's what everyone asked me and it was the easiest thing to talk about, right? Like mm -hmm. to be able to have something on your resume that, you know, might set yourself a little bit apart and might be just an easy thing for you to talk to with someone that like gets the nerves down and makes you, you know, really comfortable in the conversation. Whether you like to run marathons and you put that on your resume, it still is talking point, you know? Right, right. No, that's fun. My cousin did that program too. That's an oh, school in her name. Yeah, she did it. Yeah, um, which is super cool. But because um, I think Australia sounds amazing. Uh, that's really, um, that's really insightful because I remember getting advice when I was first, like again going back to college, um, that you know ask the um, employer a question, and I would be like, I don't know what I want to ask. Um, but it was because I didn't have any 
you know, I would come up with questions because that's what I was, you know, supposed to do. But now it's like I would look at it so differently and say, like, how can I make sure, you know, what is my criteria and how can I evaluate in a really, like, kind of subtle and, um, you know, inquisitive way, not a, you know, you don't want to come in and be like, well, prove to me this. But, if you know, making sure that that's a good fit because one of the things that will have happen for um, a lot of women in our group is that, if they're returning to the workforce or they have that gap, they're like, how do I explain the gap and how do I, and they're so worried about it. And uh, maybe you can address that. Do you, do you have a personal preference? Um, and then I can maybe shed some light on how I try to help them. It's a back and forth. I kind of go with that one, but how do you shed light on someone who's maybe had a career gap? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I was just talking to a gentleman the other day and he had left the workforce to take care of an ailing parent. And um, had kind of like, you know, it had only been, I want to say, since September or something. So it wasn't that long. It was like a six-month gap at this point. And he was like, you know, I'm not getting many calls now. <laughs> he had posted his resume on Dice, like online, and that's where I found it. And I said, you know, on the site, you can just put to present, you know, don't put the gap. And then when you're talking to someone on the phone, you can explain your gap instead of like, necessarily now if you have years off you probably need to put that there right? right but if it's like a you know within a year you might want to just put that you were at the current company and then explain more on the phone um but i do think you know other there there was a gentleman i talked to that took three years off because he kind of just got burnt out of the whole it thing he wanted to do things by handsy like did like handyman work and such but he explained it to me on the phone I thought he was a great guy and I still you know had him interview with our client because I think you know everyone needs that every now and again we can all understand that right so I think it's right. how you explain it you know that you had things you needed to do at home for a while and that you're excited and ready to be back in the workforce right I um I love that those examples because I think a lot of times as moms we think oh, no one else ever has this situation and that's just completely not true. I mean, moms are probably the most common, but um, I always try to tell them too, like, don't apologize, you just made a decision. I think the big thing as a recruiter, um, I would think that you wanna make sure they're ready and that they're serious. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of the, that would Absolutely. be the concern is like, well, I've, and that's what you said with anyone though, like, are they just looking? Or are they serious? I mean, that's kind of true for whoever you're looking at. Is that is that accurate, do you think? Very true. Absolutely. And really, the gentleman who was still doing, like, handyman work, I was like, are you done? Like, do you want to do this? Yeah. Do you want to come back into this? And, you know, I think he did for financial reasons, but I think he could have left IT altogether. You know, you can kind of tell when someone has a conversation. But, you know, you have to be ready to go back into that 40-hour work week when you're not used to, like, you really have to be ready to get back in there, you know? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, um, you know, I didn't, I returned and did part-time work and then went into full-time because that was that a better transition for me. Um, but my sister went straight into full-time. So I know, I mean, there are adjustments no matter how you do it, I think. Hey, techies. I just want to take a minute to tell you about Spiffy On-Demand Car Care. With four very active kids and my husband and I both running our own businesses, we are always looking for ways to 86 items from the to-do list. That's why I love Spiffy. They come right to my house. They'll go right to your house or office too. 
They'll get your car in tip-top shape, whether that's an oil change, a car wash, or car detailing. I know you've got those mashed up pretzels in the minivan. And Spiffy loves our mission of helping moms get into tech. That's why they're offering your techie podcast listeners a great deal. You'll get $20 off your oil change and $30 off any car detailing or car wash services by entering the promo code techie at checkout. How awesome is that? No more going to the local oil change store while the technician wastes your time with upsells. I seriously hate that. Just go to getspiffy.com, schedule your appointment, and enter the promo code techie, T-E-C-H-Y, at checkout. Okay, so if we could dig in a little bit more on the resume, that would be, well, so the question actually, you can pick, but um, the question is like, do you have three actionable tips for our listeners um, when you're looking at their resume, their LinkedIn profile, or their portfolio? So any of those, can you just comment on like some things that generally jump out at you and maybe even the, the interplay of when you look at which one would be great? Um, I do love LinkedIn, and I okay. think LinkedIn is a great tool. Um, I usually check LinkedIn for anyone that I'm interviewing, and when they don't have a LinkedIn profile, it makes them look like they're not very serious about their career, because almost everyone does. I would say out of you know 20 people I talk to, 19 have LinkedIn profiles, so it's very common. And so I think that's really important to keep up with it, to make sure it's up to date, um, I don't think you need to post a bunch of things on LinkedIn or anything like that. I'm never looking at, you know, what user groups they're involved in and things like that. I'm more looking at their profile. You know, if you have recommendations on there, that's great. Um, but I don't get deep into, you know, what groups they join and things like that, you know, more just to see. And, and like I said, on a resume, I really just think a resume needs to be concise, well-written to the point. Definitely just a good format, which, you know, you can see the education, you can see any certifications that you might have within IT. Um, those are always important. Right. And what about, like, do you compare LinkedIn to the resume? How much do you compare those two? Do you want a PDF resume or do you just need a LinkedIn profile or do you require both? Like, how does that work? Yeah, you still need both. So you need to have either a Word or a PDF version of your resume okay. and a LinkedIn profile. And um, I do compare it sometimes because um, the other side of recruiting is that, you know, not everyone in life is honest, right? And so I will get fake resumes. Um, wow. <laughs> and so sometimes you can see a discrepancy between the you know, LinkedIn profile and the resume. Um, sometimes people write their resume to be like a data scientist and then they have a totally different LinkedIn profile that's a Java developer, like totally different skill sets. So it happens quite often. And so, yes, you kind of look at it for that reason. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times when people are first coming to the U.S., um, they come in on H-1 visas and bigger consulting firms will sponsor their visas and use them as consultants out in the workplace. Now, a lot of times these companies will pad resumes, so they'll put on jobs that they might not have worked, you know, to get them into companies in the U.S. Um, wow. 
Honestly, though, I have these two consultants that I always use as an excuse, um, and they wouldn't mind that I use them all the time, um, Sami and Rizwin, and I've worked with them for probably 15 years now, but when they first came and I got their resume, they had all this experience on it, right? And um, and they went on a project with one of our clients and was fantastic, and then through the years, every time they would update their resume, there'd be like, the years would come together like and then finally I saw that their first job was with me like they didn't have years experience and it wasn't their doing it was the company presenting them that holds their H1 visa they would pat it now these were phenomenal people and did a great job but like you know sometimes it's not their call wow so for things like that, you know, things aren't always honest, unfortunately, when you're dealing with people. I'm sure that doesn't have anything to do with the people you're working with. But, um, but you know, it's always good as a recruiter. We get a little bit tainted, unfortunately, with some crazy stories. So we try to check where we can. I think that actually is so insightful to our audience because I'll be honest with you that one of the hindrances, I think, is that they try to be overly honest. And what I mean is, of course, you all honesty is good, but they feel, and, and I know this so deeply because <laughs> I'm guilty of it myself, but it's like they need to give you all of that information up front, which is what you just said. Like, if you just make the, you know, if it's been within a few months and you do it to present and then you explain it, that's good enough. And, and it's like sometimes they're like, well, I did this or I did. And I think looking... I think trying to be overly honest, but complicating a situation is never going to benefit you. You should never lie. You should always present yourself with truth and honesty. But it's funny because I think that it's going to be an interesting message that they hear. That's like the opposite of what I hear. They're always so worried that they're going to yeah. not give you all the information. And then it's like not going to be honest. So, <laughs> so you know, the absolute other side, which is very right. honest sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know, we, um, as much as I would love for our listeners to hear about how to how a recruiter approaches tech, we have listeners who want to be a technical recruiter. That is absolutely um, an interest to them. So, like, what do you like best about your job? Um, I like the new people that I meet. You know, a good day for me is talking to someone that I'm super excited about for one of our projects. And um, and like I said with Sumi and Riz, which would they would laugh at this conversation, but, like, We've been in touch now for over 15 years, and you know my birthday was this weekend, and Riz was texting me, and you know you just get to know people that you would not know any other way that you're friends with through the years, and um, it's nice that way. And you know, as a recruiter, the more people you know, the more referrals you get, right? So yeah. as you do it longer and longer, you just keep meeting people, and then you have friends of their friends, and right. you know it makes the whole process a lot more fun. Um, and a lot more rewarding, right? Yeah. But you have to be okay with being on the phone a lot. Like, I do not like talking on the phone socially anymore at night. Like, when my mom calls, I'm very short. <laughs> you know, because you're on the phone all day. That's just what I do. Right. You know, you just, some people love being on the phone all the time, and it's um, it works. And then, you know, if you don't like being on the phone, it's not going to be a good job. <laughs> That's a good tip, actually. Is that so? Is that the most challenging being on the phone, or what would you say is the most challenging part of your job? Um, do I think I put like when we were talking that um, the thing I hate most about my job is salary negotiations? 
terrible at it. Years in, I hate it. Like with a passion, and some people I work with really enjoy it. Like, um, that has never been my favorite part. Um, and then you know the other things. Like I said, some things are not very honest. Like we have had a lot of times consultants will say, you know, I I can no longer work on this project anymore. You know a family member was in a car accident, I need to go take care of them. And we'll say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then we'll see them the next week working on our um, competitor's project. <laughs> we'll just like, I hate it, it's awful. You know, you wanna take people at their word and you wanna believe them all the time and you can't. You know, it's a people business, you can't control it. Um, I had something happen today, so I have a gentleman who's supposed to start for us tomorrow. Um, he's a really high level, he makes $180 an hour um, guy, puts in Salesforce systems, and he's supposed to start tomorrow, and he sent me a note last night at 7.30 and said, I don't think it's going to work. No reason, just, you know, already gave me all the paperwork, the client's all ready for him, so things happen, you know, you can't, <laughs> well, and you can't take it personally, for years and years I took it personally. Um, and I would get super upset and wouldn't sleep all night, and I totally slept last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think desensitization of going through it enough years, you're finally like, yep, that's just my job, and we'll just, and you've been there, so, right, right. Um, why, what, so what advice would you give to someone negotiating a salary? Um, so what they always tell me is to have someone else do the talking, so, to not jump in and give a lot of, you know, to make them kind of uncomfortable, to have them tell you. Usually what I'll say, because I'm not great at it, I'll say, where have you been? Like, what are you looking for? What have you been making and where are you comfortable? Um, and just kind of have a conversation about it. Now, I, my feeling is I always try to make sure the person's paid well. Um, and so I'm not great at negotiating people down. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, but I think, you know, having a conversation about it, if you're on the other side and you're trying to, um, you know, go into a company, I think you can go in and you can say, listen, this is my last salary that I had. I know this much time has gone by. You know, I would just like to be at a fair market range. You know, you tell me. And I think that's a great way to handle it. Um, you know, unless someone knows, like, I'm not going back to work unless I make X, you know, and then, you know, go ahead and say it. Say, you know, to be able to, you know, go back in the office 100% of the time and have my kids in childcare and all this kind of thing. I'm right. going to be looking for this range. And everyone understands that. But it's just good to be honest and, you know, have it be a dialogue and not a, like, this is my way or the highway type conversation. Right, right. Yes, I think you bring up the number one concern is the childcare costs. We have a lot of people that are like, well, I need to make to pay for childcare. That's the, you know, that's kind of the the rub. And I think that, um, you know, if they have the right skills, that shouldn't be a problem, right, to, to make that and to cover it. And um, so that's, but that's really interesting. It's funny that even even after all these years, that's still not, not your favorite part. <laughs> so. Totally uncomfortable every time. <laughs> <laughs> we have one more question, and then I'll just see if you have any more. But and maybe I already touched on this, so let's just see if you have anything to add. If I did, but if somebody did want to go into your role as opposed to like going into a technical role, well, I have two more questions. Um, what 
advice would you give them? Because you said you have a technical background, but they maybe don't need to have that. But if they wanted to, to pursue your career path, like how would you advise them to get into that? Um, there are a lot of companies, and in fact, even our company. Now, I'm kind of strange because I work in D.C. and um, okay, I live in Raleigh. But most of the people in my office, like they will even take college grads and train them. So um, any company that's kind of a bigger consulting firm, um, they will start from ground zero and train. And you don't need the background. You just need to be a person that likes people have good interpersonal skills and good work ethic because that's, you know, unfortunately things are really time sensitive in our industry. So, you know, our clients have needs and if we don't fill them, someone else is going to, right? So they have different solutions they need to get in by the end of the quarter, whatever it happens to be. And, you know, if our Salesforce guy doesn't take the job and he leaves, they need to find that person somewhere, right? So that will be on my to do today to find someone else to go in. But, you know, it is a time sensitive, you know, even my phone will go off at night. It's just the way it is. Right. So it's not necessarily a nine to five job. And as right. long as you go in understanding that um, it can be a flexible job as long as you have your phone with you. Right. Um, but it's not it's not a straight nine to five. Like when the client needs you, you kind of have to be available. So. Right. But, but you are saying that the bigger, so what you mean, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is like the bigger consulting firms, you're going to have a little bit more time pressure, but that is a place where you could start at ground zero. Yeah. They need a bunch of recruiters. Absolutely. Okay. Do you have any, can you provide us with names of those consulting firms? Like examples, is that possible? Because um, I wouldn't even know what a big, I wouldn't even know what an HR, because you work for an, is it a, is it a technical recruiting consulting firm? It is. So my company, so I work for a company called Alta IT. Now they're only in DC. Um, but you know what I'll use? I'll use Modus. I worked for Modus forever. Um, okay. And they are national. They have Raleigh. They have an office in Caring okay. Hospital. And they hire people from the get-go. Like, And so what we do is we hire people to our payroll, but they work on client site. So Modus is more um, staffing solutions. So if we have a client say JP Morgan, and they need a couple Java developers, a couple PMs, well, we'll give them to you, right? They'll be on our payroll, they'll work at client site, but we're not gonna run your, your project. So we're not gonna send in a whole solutions team and say, hey, we'll take over your billing system or upgrade your billing system. Like, that's not what we do. We just provide people to help them. Um, and that's what Motor says. Now there's two kinds of consulting firms. The one I work for now does both. We do, um, staffing solutions more, but we will do full project-based solutions as well. So I kind of like having a mix of both, um, but you know, it just depends. The Having the solution side, that's a lot more expensive for the client than just hiring a couple of people here and there, like the Accenture rates or the PwC or whatever the company happens to be is insane, right? So um, it's easier for them to come to a smaller era staffing company like Modus for help and have them run it internally than is to outsource the whole thing. So that was super helpful. I really appreciate that. Oh, you know, that kind of transparency because sometimes it's hard for, you know, you're in it every day. So it just feels normal and natural to you. And, um, but it, sometimes it's like people don't even know where to get started and now they can go to those websites and, you know, maybe they can learn what, 
a, what a type of company that they could get started at, whether it's that specific one or one similar, that kind of gives them the right, you know, the right feel. Um, okay, last question, totally optional. Uh, besides Salesforce, uh, not implementer, administrator, are there, what jobs are you hiring for in case any of our audience hears and knows and we can send them your way? Oh gosh, anything right now. Um, <laughs> so a lot of what we do is uh, data analytics, data analysis, like data warehouse, big data, like a lot of our clients are doing a lot of work with data analytics. Um, Java is always needed, um, strong Java developers. Um, those sound good though. I think that's a good, that can give people an idea. And if anyone has those skills, then we'll make sure they know how to get in touch with you. Um, do you want, do you want to provide any in touch information? Like what's the best place? Where's the best place for people to find you? Sure, LinkedIn is good, and that is attached to, it should be attached to my work email, but my work email is um, cclausner at alta, A-L-T-A-I-T-S dot com. Colleen Klausner, thank you so much for doing this interview. I'm so glad we were able to make it work. I feel Finally, like we are, right? with four kids apiece, we, I feel like our schedules are harder than the president's, but we made it work, and um, it was Really just a joy to chat with you. Thank you so much for helping us today. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E. T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.